We're talking about playing favorites, and I mentioned to you that um, <clears throat> favoritism is never compatible with the Christian faith because favoritism is never compatible with God. And I, I, I took apart this portion of Scripture starting on Sunday, and I gave you three of the five safeguards that James set up uh, for us as believers in order that we would not fall into the sin of favoritism or prejudice or partiality. And uh, we saw, first of all, that, you, that the first safeguard was, and you can see it, it's in your hand out there, you know the character of God. You know the character of God. And uh, that he's impartial in his judgments and he's impartial in his love. And I'm not going to go uh, through that all. We, we've already did that, so I'm not going to continue to go through that. But that will help you in understanding that since God is impartial, we should be impartial. The second safeguard was to remember the illustration of Scripture. We talked about uh, how James uses the illustration of a, a the, I called it the man from Wall Street and then the man from Skid Row. And how the, the issue wasn't that they gave the man from Wall Street a, a good seat. It's nothing wrong to give somebody a good seat. And I think I gave you guys a little bit of a hard time, I think, Sunday night on, you know, your, your seats, you know, and uh, just ribbing you a little bit and stuff like that because everybody has their favorite seats, you know. And, uh, but it wasn't that they, they had, uh, uh, that, that it was that they gave this man a good seat. It was that the poor man wasn't treated the same way. See, the, the, the seating wasn't the issue. It was the treatment that was the issue. And uh, so we took a look at that. Then we said, thirdly, the third safeguard um, was that your favoritism acts contrary to Christ. It acts totally contrary to Christ. Why? Because Christ came to the poor. He came to the poor. And uh, then we had mentioned to you, we talked a little bit about that and shared with you how uh, the gospel was delivered unto the poor. And then how, at this point in time, it made no sense for this church to favor the rich. Why? Because it was the rich that, was, that were persecuting the church because they could afford to persecute the church. But I want us to take a look at the fourth and fifth safeguard this evening, if we could. And I want us to take a look at safeguard number four. If we put these safeguards in place, it will keep us from the sin of prejudice. It will keep us from the sin of favoritism or partiality. The fourth safeguard is your favoritism or your prejudice, your partiality, breaks God's law. It breaks God's law. And we see in James, take a look, James chapter 2, verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. See, when you and I, we show favoritism, first thing there you want to write down, we break the royal law. We break the royal law. Take a look, if you will, at the beginning of verse 9. What's that first word right there in verse 9? But, right? What does, that ought to signal something in your mind. You say, well, why would but single something in my mind? It's showing a contrast. It's, it's saying, okay, if ye fulfill the royal law to love this, uh, 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 um, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. You're doing a good thing if you've fulfilled this. You're doing the right thing. But he's showing a contrast there, so it ought to be, okay, we've got a choice here to make. We can go one way or the other. We can either fulfill the royal law or... But if we don't, this is the type of person that we are. If you have respect to persons, 
It says three words there. Ye commit sin. We don't really like to, to think of favoritism or partiality as sin. Uh, we, would, we would use that term prejudice. We would say as Christians, yeah, that's sin. That's sin. But it all falls underneath that same umbrella. You can use whatever word you want in there, but favoritism, partiality, and prejudice, they are sin. There's some parts of uh, maybe the, our country, unfortunately, that wouldn't even see prejudice to sin. Well, it's just the way that, that we were brought up in, oh, wait a second, it is, according to Scripture. It says, ye commit sin are, and, and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. So you break the royal law. What did the Bible say? Jesus said what? That you fulfill all the scriptures if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, spirit, and you love your neighbor as yourself. He says that all of scriptures hang on, if you will, these two laws. Remember the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus and say, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, if you do this, you do this, you're fulfilling all of scripture. We make we make. Christianity is so difficult, don't we? We're like, okay, now I got to make sure I'm doing this, and I'm making sure I'm doing this, and I'm making sure I'm doing this, and I make sure I'm doing this. Hey, and I'm all for standards and, and, and following the Word of God. But look, listen, if you love God with your complete being, you're not going to have to worry about, am I doing what's right or am I not doing what's right? Because if you love God with your complete being, guess what? Your whole goal is going to be to please God. And guess what? When you do step out of line a little bit, guess what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit's going to convict you, and you're going to be like, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. And guess what? You're going to be right back on the right path. And if you love God with your whole being, guess what you're going to do? You're going to love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because every single person is created in the image of God, and God loves every single person the exact same way and with the same measure of love. That's why Jesus could say that. And if we would just follow that, we would... Wow, we're really doing well, wouldn't we? Take a look here in Luke. I want you to see this, please, because we break the royal law when we show favoritism. Take a look at Luke chapter 10, if you would. The royal law states that all of us are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Take a look at Luke chapter 10. And I guess the question is the same question that's mentioned in Luke chapter 10 and verse 29 and following. Who's my neighbor? Luke chapter 10. I love the way that this starts off. But he willing to justify himself. <clears throat> Hold on. Listen. Listen to this statement. Sometimes before... Before you confess your sin to God to get right with God, you need to confess your righteousness to God. Say what? Your self-righteousness. But he willing to justify himself. But, you say, what do you mean? Confess my righteousness. Well, if he hadn't said what he said, I wouldn't have gotten so angry. That's self-righteous. No, the reason that you got so angry is because you have a sinful heart. It's like this, and you've heard it before. When you squeeze an orange, what do you expect to get out of it? You don't expect to get lemon juice. You don't expect to get apple juice. You don't expect to get pineapple juice. When you squeeze an orange, you expect to get orange juice out of it. 
And so when something happens to us and we have this, oh, I just reacted out of, uh, exactly. And sometimes we need to confess our righteousness before we ever start confessing our sin, because that's sin in itself. But he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he, saw, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. You know who our neighbor is? Our neighbor is the rich, our neighbor is the poor, and we're to lay out love our neighbors with the same care and concern as we love ourselves according to Scripture. See, the royal law calls for equality. And if we show favoritism, we show prejudice, we are violating the principle of equal treatment under the law. Take a look secondly here. But not only do you break the royal law, you violate all of God's law. You become a violator of the whole law. Go back to James chapter 2, if you will, please, and take a look at verses 10 and 11. You become a violator of the whole law. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said... Do not commit adultery, also said, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So when we break the law in one area, we're guilty of breaking the whole law. Isn't it interesting in our own minds, we say to ourselves, now we don't say this maybe publicly, but we might say it to our closest of friends, oh, I would never do that. Oh, I can't believe that they did that. Or I would never think that. All right? And we have these lists of all these big, I mean, the real biggie sins, the big ones, you know, the real, the really, really bad ones. And you probably have your list, and I've got my list. You know what I find interesting, though, that the big ones that we think about, you know what the big ones are? The ones that everybody can see. They're the big ones that everybody finds out about. The little ones are the ones in here, in here. Because we don't want anybody, nobody really knows about them. And they're not as bad because we can put on this facade, you know. But how many of us would think that partiality or favoritism would also make us guilty of adultery and, and murder? In our own minds, we wouldn't say, we'd say, no, oh, oh, come. come on. Isn't it interesting? If you go in the Proverbs, you see where gossip is lined up, and we think, wow, it's just, you know, it's, 
We're just talking. We're just sharing, you know. But that's lined up with some of the biggies that we, that we would, we would, you know. See, we don't like to think that, wait a second. We're all part of the biggies. We, we may not have necessarily actually committed those sins, but when we show favoritism or partiality, the Bible says that when we break one point in the law, then we've broken it all. So, and if the royal law is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, spirit, strength, your whole being, and then to love thy neighbor as thyself, then I'm guilty of all. You say, well, then why don't I just go ahead and just do whatever I want? Well, because number one, if you've got that attitude, I'd check if you're really saved. Number two, you have no grasp of grace. You do not understand the cross. You do not understand what Christ did for us. And you know what? None of us will fully understand what Christ, uh, at least on this earth. I don't know if we'll be able to understand it in heaven. I can't speak to that. But I know while we're here on earth, we'll never physically understand all that Christ did for us. We'll never see the depth. I, I actually believe I, people may differ on this, and that's fine. But I don't know, even in all of eternity, that we'll ever plummet the depths of God's love for us. I don't think that we will ever plummet the depths of God's love for us. We'll ever understand that. I think, it's, I think, I think that it is, it is something that is continual forever that we can never hit the bottom of. You say, why is that? Because I will never be able to completely understand God, and God is love. So that's my reasoning for that. But we don't like to think that favoritism is the same as adultery. Favoritism is the same as murder. Favoritism is the same as theft. But that's what Scripture says. And so when we do, we, we have to remember that when we do this, we're breaking all the law. But safeguard number five, take a look at verses 12 and 13. Verses 12 and 13. This is the fifth and final safeguard that James gives to us that will help us. We need to remember that your life, my life, it will be judged. Our lives will be judged. Take a look at verse um, 12 and 13. So speak ye and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, and has showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Though we're not going to be judged for our sins, we're going to be judged for the way that we conduct things in our body. I mean, we're, we, we're not going to be condemned. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. But we will be judged for our works. We will be judged for our words. And that's the first thing I want you to see. Judgment of our words. What we say and how we say it will come up and does come up before God. Matthew 12, 36, the Bible says, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Man, you've heard that if you guys who are in the service uh, and ladies who are in the service, you, you've heard the terminology, what, loose lips sink ships, Right? I remember I was watching a, a, hist a historical document, uh, documentary, um, I think it was on the History Channel or something about, these, about how in Tennessee years ago, 
they had like the secret cities and stuff like that with building um, uh, munitions and stuff like that for uh, one of the wars and, and, and the, the Germans had planted spies in there and, and everybody, nobody knew what anybody else was doing. You just had your own little community there and they were saying, don't talk to anybody else about what you're doing because that was the idea. Loose lips sink ships. You know what? It, and it's true in a church. You just start one thing and it spreads like wildfire. You know what's ruined more churches than anything? Our words. Our words. Sometimes if we're not, we're very careless, aren't we, with our words if we're not careful. All of us. All of us. You know, we need to ask the Lord to put a guard over our mouth. It's also, Jesus gave some strong warning concerning our words. Take a look at Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. So our words are going to be judged. Your life will be judged. So if you're showing favoritism through your words with somebody, maybe putting another person down like, oh, can you believe that they wore this? Or can you believe that they, or can you believe, fill it in. You know, whatever it is, I, I don't know. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 and verse 33 and following, and again, ye have heard that it had been said of them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou cannot make one hair white or black. But let your communication, yea be yea, and nay, nay, for, what's, for, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. <clears throat> we need to remember we're going to be judged for our words. But secondly, we're going to be judged. There's the judgment of our works. Our works. In Colossians chapter 3. Turn over there, if you will, please, with me. Colossians chapter 3. Our works. So we would, we would look at this and how we're treating somebody. Not only our words, how we're talking to somebody that would come into the assembly, but how we're treating somebody. That, that would be our, our works. In Colossians chapter 3, take a look at verse 22 and following. Servants, obey your masters. Uh, uh, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respecter of persons. We need to make sure that our words, our, our works, our deeds are right. And when we treat others with preferential treatment or favoritism, because of an outward appearance, that's going to be judged by God. And then letter C, lastly, the judgment of our attitudes. In our text here, James contrasts two attitudes. One of mercy and the other of refusing to show mercy. Take a look, if you will. Let's see what verse it is. Yes. Verse 13, for he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Two attitudes here. The merciful and those who did not show mercy. 
If we're, if we're merciful towards others, God's going to be merciful towards us. And this is not implying at all that we earn mercy or that we're soft on sin, but we must remember that mercy has been shown to us. That's the point that James is trying to get across. Mercy in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ has been shown to us. That's the reason we have salvation, because of what Christ has done for us. And because of his mercy, we are to show mercy towards others. Let me ask you this evening, do you have the safeguards up? What are safeguards there for? To help protect us. It's to help protect us. They protect us from something undesirable. They protect us from harm or damage with an appropriate measure to keep us safe. I'll put it to you this way. We would all say that we believe the Bible, would we not? You know what James is trying to teach us? That our belief should control our behavior. Our beliefs should control our behavior. See, the way that we behave towards people really indicates what we believe about God. Did you hear me? The way that we behave towards people really indicates what we believe about God. Five safeguards. You got to know the character of God. Remember the scripture, the illustration of scripture. Favoritism acts contrary to Christ. It breaks the royal law. And we have to remember, we're going to stand before the Lord one day. We all are going to stand before the Lord. And we're going to give an account of the works and the words that have been done in our bodies. Make sure that we have these safeguards in place.